0: Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, mash that subscribe button, comment down below, upvote the video, and of course, hit the bell for notifications every time we release a new video. I am here with John Garcia. We're going to talk about Mississippi recruiting, but first, I do want to let you know that LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Move post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. John, welcome back, man. Um, we're gonna talk about the wide receivers, I think, today. Does that sound good to you?
1: Absolutely. It's a good crop of them for sure. It seems like every year there is, but this one for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's also a good episode for Ole Miss fans that are watching this video because in the state, Ole Miss has turned into a little bit of a wide receiver you. And honestly, other than what's going on at Alabama and LSU, they could honestly spread that out even further because of the names that have come through that place. Let's start out with a name that we haven't really talked about. Let's talk about JJ Harrell. What do you know about him?
1: Yeah, JJ out of Sardis, uh, you know, big receiver, listed at you know six two, hundred eighty pounds or so, and he's smooth. I would say there's there's still a lot of room for him to improve from a physicality and, and polish standpoint, but the, the natural playmaking is is there for him. He's a guy who can certainly take the top off of a defense, but he's just as comfortable working underneath. And that's what you like to see at the high school level, kind of just dominate whenever the football is, is in your vicinity. So just as likely to go deep as he is to to, to catch it short and, and make some moves. Uh, he's very sudden, very lanky. Um, it will probably remind some folks a little bit of, uh, of a Jonathan Mingo type. Um, Not as physical yet. You know, I think that's the next evolution uh, for J.J. And his recruitment's kind of reflective of that. You know, it's still on the up and up. He's beginning to take more and more recruiting visits. Ole Miss, of course, right uh, in the thick of it for him at this point. Uh, He's an ascending talent. I think he's one where it's not so obvious to see, but the more you look into it, the more you're like, okay, he's got enough to work with and, and a lot of SEC Offensive coordinators and wide receiver coaches feel the same and that's why he's kind of in the thick of his ascent as opposed to maybe some of the more established receivers uh, in the state but uh, it won't be long before he's right on par with those guys in terms of attention and and even kind of taking the next step in his recruiting process but it does seem a little early at this point on that side of the coin football wise uh, a lot to like here again lengthy wide catch radius good after the catch and developing before the catch. So that's kind of where you want receivers to be with a year left of high school ball and obviously
0: uh, some college ball after that. Uh, What schools are we looking at coming in for, JJ?
1: Yeah, well, of course, you know, the Egg Bowl schools are right in the thick of it. Uh, He visited Alabama in January. That'll be interesting to see. Do they begin to push at some point? Tennessee is kind of, to me, the wild card here. Uh, Obviously, from a receiver standpoint, Tennessee is selling – uh, a lot more volume than they they previously have, based on what they did in in 2022, including the Belichickoff Award uh, winning receiver there and, and Jalen Hyatt. So selling roles in that offense is obviously going to impress uh, a lot of high schoolers. So I, I think Tennessee is an interesting program to keep an eye on here. But otherwise, you know, naturally, I'm always going to default to to Ole Miss and State for sure.
0: Yeah. Do you do you want to hear my Joe Milton joke? I've got I've got a pretty good Joe Milton joke.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Go for it.
0: So if you need a quarterback to throw the ball 40 yards, Joe Milton is your guy. But if you need a guy quarterback to throw the ball 20 yards, Joe Milton can throw the ball 40 yards. If you need a quarterback to throw it 60 yards, he can throw the ball 40 yards, but just do that over and over again. It's pretty, pretty, but Hey, he can throw an orange a hundred yards or something like that. It's, it's it's pretty amazing, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, they they got
1: some good QBs behind them too, for
0: sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, Nico Iamaliava, I think is how you pronounce it. I I heard it in the Polynesian Bowl and thought I got the pronunciation right, and I'd all forgotten. I think it's Iamaliava, right?
1: Yep, Iamaliava, yes, sir.
0: Okay. All right, so next two are two wide receivers that we've actually talked about before, and honestly... In the next couple of months, they probably could pop. A commitment could happen from one of these two. Number one would be Braylon Burnside, a wide receiver out of Starkville, Mississippi. Last time, Ole got a receiver out of Starkville, Mississippi. It worked out pretty well. Um, he, he, he's a good player. He's the consensus top wide receiver in the state, but depending on the recruiting service, he might not be. That's how really how good this class is.
1: Yeah, he's he's a little bit more – uh, easier to see for, from an explosive and, and production standpoint uh, c- compared to Harrell. Uh, he, he can certainly work underneath the, he works better in the margins, but it's really the explosiveness. It, it is the burst uh, that Burnside provides uh, that has him so coveted. And that's been apparent for quite some time. So I do think all of that, uh, not to mention just the the spotlight that's always on Starkville um, another state championship uh, to, to their name uh, here recently, with him being a big part of it. Uh, and he's got a lot of volume, you know, to his game as well. Uh, listed at six foot one eighty five, looks bigger. He kind of looks like Debo Samuel running around out there. Uh, can do a little bit of everything uh, to the point where I think some schools are starting to talk about defense with him. Can he factor into the return game? I mean, he can do. Uh, so many things that it, it kind of leaves it as as a bit of an open slate uh, for him but as you mentioned uh, caught on earlier uh, a lot more offers earlier well over a dozen that that he's navigating through as well and and kind of like we we continue to say this is an egg bowl type of battle you know Mississippi state does not want they 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 can't afford to continue to lose recruitments out uh, of Starkville high school for pretty obvious reasons um, Alabama just hosted, uh, Burnside as well. So that's another one where, again, how much, how much do they push in that regard? But, but to me, this feels like a more classic egg bowl battle. Uh, and obviously, you know, geographically, Mississippi State has a lot of advantages here. But a, a lot of unfortunate turnover there on the coaching staff, given uh, the the tragedies of the end of last year. New receivers coach as well there at Mississippi State. So you wonder, could those? could those margins help Ole Miss in short order uh, if he does want to come off the board because he's still developing that relationship with some of the new uh, you know, coaches in place there uh, in Starkville, including Chad Bumpus, uh, the new receivers coach. So that'll be interesting to see relative to Ole Miss, but uh, the Rebels are right in it as, as expected.
0: You know, um, you said something in this, and I'm going to put you on the spot here and just ask you just a uh, blind question. But after Centurion Perkins last year just did everything for Raleigh, won a state championship, everybody knew about his versatility, and everything's going on. Do you think these larger programs are kind of looking at Mississippi and seeing the versatility that these star players have to play as a strength?
1: 100%. It is a strength. You know, just like we talk about not specializing in one sport at the high school level. I'm a b- big fan of not specializing in one position. Not only because if you're a two-way guy, you, you get advantages uh at against your opposition because you are you're occupying that role a lot of times re- relative to Perkins who was a great running back and linebacker simultaneously and obviously one uh it has to combat the other no matter you know when you're lining up on the field but on the other end of it yeah you don't want an over polished skill set i talk about polish a lot in my evaluations you don't want the recruit who is is kind of maxed out at any one position with the intricacies of that position one because naturally college coaches don't feel great about uh youth coaches and high school coaches relative to their own ability and some of those developmental traits could turn into bad habits when they're so kind of locked in if they're more on the raw side Stephen, now you can manipulate and and mold in your direction and obviously when when you're at the collegiate level it's it's within your system and your scheme uh, specifically so that's what most college coaches prefer um, especially if if other sports are included, like like it is here uh, in Burnside's case. So yeah, Mississippi's putting out a whole lot of versatile versatile multi sport multi positional athletes, and it's something that I think a lot of schools are taking notice of. That's why we're seeing a lot of these Mississippi recruitments begin to ascend well before. The, the summer months and, and their senior seasons, which is typically the case when you're kind of playing catch up. Like, oh, we didn't realize the state was this loaded. I do think everybody kind of recognizes that it's, it's very loaded and that will once again be reflected by these increased scholarship offers and the coaches that hit the road in the month of May to, to get fresh eyes on, on a lot of these guys. So that versatility goes right along with that.
0: Yeah, and I tell people all the time, back when I worked at Rivals.com and, and saw these kids all the time, that if you get a five-star out of Texas, take that five-star out of Texas because you know that he's been coached well. He, he right. is a plug-and-play player. But if he's, you're looking at a low four-star, if a high three-star out of Texas, I would rather have the one out of Mississippi because there's a mm-hmm. good chance that high three-star low four-star is really close to their ceiling and Mississippi is kind of just str- scratching the surface of their ability.
1: Yeah, I love that. Uh, it, it's it's definitely not a one to one kind of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, for the large portion of of everybody's recruiting process, yeah, you're going to spend more time, resources, energy, uh, information in the state of Texas. So, yeah, when you when you're banking on guys from an athletic standpoint, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I hadn't heard that in that exact explanation, but laying it out, it, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about Jeremy Scott. And um, um, we've talked about Norreal White um, on the last show, so we're going to skip him as a wide receiver. But Jeremy Scott is the fourth wide receiver that gets ranked. He's out of Callaway. He's a three-star player, kind of a mid-three-star right now, but Ole Miss really likes him. And looking at his frame, this looks like a kid that could really play and is poised to kind of shoot up the rankings as this goes.
1: Yeah, and another two-way guy, right? Mm-hmm. Big safety, big DB on defense, but obviously when you're 6'3", 6'4", uh, that, that offensive intrigue is is going to carry you from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, and Scott uh, really carries that uh, on offense. Uh, obviously, uh, great length, great ball skills, very comfortable with the football in the air. Uh, still figuring out some other elements to his game, but uh, he's, he's kind of slender and, and sneaky, I'll say. I think that's the right way to put it. He doesn't look like he's running past a lot of guys, but when you watch the tape, he is with that long stride, um, and that's that's a way to beat the defense uh, down the field. But he's a little better than I expected him to be after the catch. There's there's some nice instincts here uh, within his game as well. Uh, real skinny right now, 175, 180 or so. Obviously, that's a part that's going to fill out, and and I think he profiles as that classic boundary receiver that we've seen have so much success at Ole Miss. Uh, regardless of coaching staff, regardless of the roster, those boundary guys uh, just make a lot of plays in Oxford. You think of 50-50 balls, you think of back shoulder balls, and that's something we know Lane Kiffin uh, really covets on the outside. And like you said, Ole Miss really likes him. You know, he's His recruitment's being headed up uh, by Derek Nix personally. So I do think that this is one of those, especially in state, you feel good about if he sticks to this kind of early decision timeline if he doesn't though I think it could it could get interesting uh, for him he's a Callaway kid as you mentioned a very uh, well seen high school so if if his recruitment lasts through the month of May and that spring evaluation period I think his his potential to blow up is, is as high as, as any of the other players we've talked about today uh, even though he's kind of the most under the radar one as things currently stand because you get eyeballs on this kid you start digging into the tape uh, and Jeremy Scott becomes a guy that profiles better with time. And I think as schools start to miss on other receivers and reshuffle their board, he's a guy that's easy to sell to. If you're a position coach selling him to the O.C. or if you're an O.C. selling him to the head coach, you say, hey, 6'4", 180, multi-sport, two-way guy, just scratching the surface on his overall ability. I think Jeremy Scott's a big time stock up guy.
0: And one thing that I see that nobody's going to pay attention to on this one is I think Jeremy Scott has the potential to grow an inch or two, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, 220 pounds, 230 pounds. And all of a sudden, he is that flex tight end that is extremely in vogue in college football and pro football right now.
1: 100%. Um, and, and look, there's there's a lot of foundational elements that you like here, not not only on the football field, but with the body control that he possesses or that he has to possess in other sports, right? Uh, track and field. He's a high jumper. So what does that mean? Precision calculation, you know, understanding your own limitations uh, also plays baseball, which, which might, you know, bring some AJ Brown comparisons, probably a little early for any of that stuff. But again, you start to understand why he tracks the ball, the ball so very well, but yeah, you start to talk about growth on top of it. You're right. We don't talk about that enough with guys who already physically look bigger than most. But, yeah, he's still got another year of high school ball before he ever gets to college. And we've seen some of those guys sprout up um, kind of overnight. Uh, so, yeah, he could develop into a, a Douche Robinson, number one type of blended receiver, tight end type of prospect. And if that happens, Sky really is the limit for not only his recruitment, but obviously his ceiling as, as a collegiate athlete.
0: Yeah, it's why um when people look at star rankings this early in the process, and in, in their junior year, it, it it's it's a guide, it's a grain of salt, it's a, it's something that you can base it off of because so much is going to change in the next nine months. And right now, in mid February, in the state of Mississippi, there's 18 players ranked on the on three consensus. 14 of them are a four star or better. On one of the recruiting services, it's, it's absolutely uncanny. I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, saying, "Hey, could this team get? Could this state get to fifteen this year?" Well, now, now I'm asking if they can get to twenty. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you could you could see kind of a natural ascent for some of these guys, right? Mm-hmm. A few months ago, with you, we talked about Isaiah Autry. I'm like, "Hey, this is a guy at OT that you start to look at his." athletic profile and you know more scholarship offers are going to fly in and sure enough Alabama LSU bunch of other schools have jumped in here recently he'll get the blue chip bump we talked about Anthony Maddox last week quarterback just committed to AM coming off of his first year as a varsity starter you start to dig into his ability a little bit more as a dual threat he'll his ranking will inevitably uh, go up we just talked about Jeremy Scott he's another no-brainer bump candidate to four stars so yeah i do think this class in mississippi has the potential uh to to stretch that thing to 15 or 20 blue chippers before the season begins and we all know in the state of mississippi once friday night lights start to open up another group of players will emerge or increase their their own standing there simultaneously so yeah the state is in really good shape for the class of 24 and and it's going to continue to push in that direction uh for for quite a while in my opinion
0: yeah and my opinion also is if if a high school recruit is being recruited and can play in a national all-star game choose the Under Armour game it's 30 minutes down the road from me I'll be there I'll take pictures I'll do whatever you need to do I'll give you all the coverage you need don't worry about San Antonio let's just hang out in Orlando you know John will be there we'll have a lot of fun it'll be on ESPN it'll be great right John
1: absolutely yeah you know I'm, I'm a Florida guy so mm. yeah keep it keep it in the southeast and, and we'll get uh, eyeballs on you and then you get to go to Disney World and hang out too why not
0: yeah and also a lot of these guys that we're talking about they're going to be at the Under Armour account um, camp that's in about a week or so in Atlanta so that'll be when invites start going so I'll pay an attention to that I'm hoping like Camarian Franklin and Braylon Burnside and those guys are down here because I just I like to see them I like to actually make eye contact and see exactly what they can do. It's like whenever we were down here and Sunterion walked in the room and you saw him completely without pads and completely out of that. And he's like, that guy's a dude. <laughs>
1: that's a guy. Like Even <laughs> if you don't know who he is. And of course we did. You're like, Oh, who's that? Yeah. That, that's a guy. And when you stand out amongst all Americans. Yeah. I, I think it says plenty about uh, what, what, what you could be physically at the next level. And that's why a lot of folks including both of us, expect Perkins to hit the ground running and then some um, on the defensive side of the
0: ball. Exactly. Um, Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, you can hear from experts, insiders, coaches, and players. And right now, um, Ole Miss basketball is actually relevant on that show. So it's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much john for stopping by we'll keep we'll keep doing it we're gonna we're gonna overcook this 2024 recruiting class and it's gonna be oh so much fun to do it
1: sounds good my friend looking forward to it
0: all right bud